0: The Marlins making moves on and off the field. They claim another arm, a former first round pick. Equally, they add to their front office a former Ray. Any surprise with that one? I don't think so. Tons to get into on this Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Readings from England and welcome to Lockdown Marlins. It's your Daily Marlins podcast. I am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Mammy Marlins underscore UK. If you are listening to the pod, of course, hit subscribe. This is your team every day, and thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day. Hope you enjoyed a double header episode yesterday. Appreciate it, guys. A lot of people commenting, particularly around the Sandy Alcantara trade. Situational scenario. I appreciate the comments. If you haven't listened back to yesterday's episode, make sure you do that. It is an interesting conversation, uh, albeit it was a one-way conversation because there was no one else to talk about or talk with on that pod. That was my bad. But it is definitely a topic that is interesting and interesting today because Craig Mish has been on Twitter starting to maybe share some level of insights about the direction in some ways that the Marlins may be heading under Peter Bendix. Um, so we'll dig into that. Before we do that, there is a YouTube channel for those that don't know. And those that haven't yet subscribed, if you haven't subscribed, you are missing out. Get yourself over there to YouTube, find Lockdown Marlins, hit subscribe. If you do, you will get notifications. Firstly, you will also enjoy the graphics. The graphics are, are sexy as hell. And if you are watching, you'll see the rundown. Ryan Jensen, the Marlins have added another arm claimed off waivers, from the Seattle Mariners, a former first-round pick, would you believe, first-round pick in 2019? When to talk about him, as I mentioned, Craig Mish, Craig Mish out there sharing his views. I would say rather than reporting the situation, but sharing his views on the direction under Peter Bendix and what we should expect. Uh, the Marlins make a front office move, uh, and surprise, surprise, uh, with Peter Bendix, he's hiring a guy to join the front office that he has worked with and overlapped with at the Rays, more recently with the Rangers, but. Former connections with Peter Bendix. So, we're going to dig into that. Also, tons to get into here, guys, uh, even on Tuesday, the 28th of November. Um, this episode is sponsored by FanDuel. You can make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And where are we starting? We are starting with the news that dropped. I mean, it wasn't quite emergency podcast territory, particularly after it already done two episodes yesterday. But pretty much as I hit post on yesterday's episode, the second one, um, and I was probably talking about the Marlins are going to be pretty quiet this off season, et cetera, et cetera. Next thing is the Marlins make a move and they claim Ryan Jensen. A lot of people saying, oh, hey, the guy who plays sender, right? They're going with a sender. Is he going to be DHing? Not that Ryan Jensen... This is a former first-round pick. I have to be honest with you. didn't know a ton about him. Uh, I then looked at, like, a couple of... He was drafted by the Cubs, by the way. And I went to look at some articles by what I would describe as fan accounts in many ways, like fan account articles around the 2019 draft. Immediate reaction. They'll exist everywhere. Think of it as maybe um, Marlin Maniac type of vibes. That's the kind of article I was working with, just to, you know, set the scene in terms of, like, who was reporting nevertheless they were talking about the cubs selection of ryan jensen the main takeaway that i would say from from that article and kind of looking at the numbers is this was a reach this felt like a huge reach for the cubs at the time he was a bit of a helium name it seems uh in 2019 drafted out of college but the cubs at that point they could see maybe why they went in that direction, but equally they felt that it was probably a reach. The first round was probably too high for Ryan Jensen. Nevertheless, he ends up with the Mariners. Um, he was added to the 40-man uh, with the Cubs, but then ends up with the Mariners. Spent some time uh, in in uh, AAA with the Mariners organization at the back end of last year. Uh, I don't know the rationale as to why he was now um, waived or DFA'd at this point. Nevertheless, the Marlins, they have space, on their roster, and they go and claim Ryan Jensen. The interesting part here is he has two minor league option years remaining, and so this could be one of those where it's maybe, you know, let's think about it. A former first-round pick, an arm, the, you know, upper 90s gas, could do with maybe a change of scenery, a little bit of development. I mean, these are the types of guys the Marlins should be claiming and starting to work with, and they've got two years They've got two years to work with Ryan Jensen now. And we've all seen the track record is there in terms of what the Marlins can do with projectable and talented dudes. So the reality is this could be this could be a low car, a low key fat dub, a real fat dub with Jensen. You have to look beyond the numbers, though, because if you look at the numbers, you will not be excited with what you see with Ryan Jensen. It's fair to say. Um, his, and this is the thing about his college career, right? I went and looked, okay, college. What did he do? You know, three seasons at college. He had a 444 ERA. This wasn't like insane. His whip was 1483. So definitely not amazing. Uh, across like different seasons in the minor leagues since he was drafted, which is four seasons. Uh, he's got a seven and nineteen record with a four forty-two ERA. His whip at this point as well, pretty much it's just a couple of ticks under what it was in college. So it's fair to say his numbers have definitely not popped, but he's had over 200 innings of work across various minor league levels since he was drafted. Um, we look at the most recent body of work. He spent the majority uh, of, the, uh, of the 2023 season across AA and AAA, across two organizations. Uh, with the Cubs at AAA, for example, um, he was not starting any games, so he's working as a reliever equally uh, for the, the Mariners organization as well. He appeared in 13 games, but no starts. He did start six games uh, at, at the A level uh, with a 5.57 ERA. So he was drafted as a starter. And then as he's gone on further in his minor league career, particularly into 2023, the Cubs moved away from him and looked to transition him into a bullpen role. It's very interesting, Um, but he did obviously start some games at double eight. (coughs) The reality is the numbers have not been good with Ryan Jensen, but he potentially has a higher ceiling. There's something to work with here. And the Marlins with these two years of club control or sorry, minor league option years heading into 24, they have the time to work with the guy. The fish on first guys put up something yesterday, which I thought was really interesting, looking at the way this 40-man roster is currently constructed. And I believe there's there's two spaces open. There's 22 pitchers currently on the 40-man, only 16 position players. So it's heavily imbalanced towards the pitching right now. What we have to call out is of those 22 that are on the 40-man, Sandy Alcantara will obviously be put on the 60-day IL when, when that's possible later on in the year. So Sandy will be moved onto that. I'm really interested to see what they do with Sixto Sanchez. Uh, He can't be optioned, so it's possible that they move Sixto Sanchez onto the 60-day Major League um, IL, which is what hasn't been utilized for him in the past couple of years, even though he's missed all of these years. He's actually been on the Minor League IL rather than the Big League um, IL, which actually has saved them a bit of money, which is very interesting uh, just in terms of that approach. It may be that Sixto Sanchez and his career with the Marlins ends anyway, and maybe the Marlins decide just to cut bait and move on from Sixto. I'm very intrigued. I think it's, it's a storyline that's kind of lingered for the last couple of years. And, you know, I'm sure if the Marlins do cut him, he would be signed to a minor league deal somewhere. The reality is, when he's healthy, you know, why not? But from a Marlins perspective right now, I guess you've got to think, what? why would you not put Sixto on the 60-day IL? I know you've got to pay him the money attributed to that because it's a big league salary and a big league um, IL, but you've held on to him this long. Why not at least carry on and see if you can get anything out of him at the back end? You know, can you even just get a reliever out of that? I don't know. I'm segueing away from Ryan Jensen because that's who I was supposed to be talking about. Um, but I think with Jensen and I think with the Marlins roster in general, they do have a lot of arms, but at least two of those arms are 60 day IL candidates for certain in Sandy and uh, Sixto Sanchez, in my opinion, at this point. So it looks more imbalanced than perhaps it is. However, you know, they still they can't utilize that 60 day IL, I don't believe, until they get kind of deeper into the offseason. <coughs> Pardon me, more towards kind of spring. Uh, I need to actually check the date on that, but we will do. But for right now, the Marlins are pitcher heavy. The other thing that that kind of says to me, maybe, is maybe the Marlins look to follow a similar path to the Rays where they end up with a roster that is a bit more heavily weighted to pitching. And it's in that way because they plan to use mix and match guys with kind of bullpen games, starters, openers, you know, you name it, piggybacking guys. Are the Marlins going to get creative? And thus they need the arms and the extra arms on the roster to enable that creativity. I think that's really something to watch. I'm really intrigued to see the way that the Marlins structure the... The way they they work through their innings through the whole season, do they look to kind of move away from the traditional approaches? I don't know, but the extra arms on this roster potentially gives them that flexibility. Nevertheless, Ryan Jensen, two minor league option years the Marlins have through 24 and 25 to see if they can find a role for him. The reality is if he is on the 40 man, we will see him in 2024. I will, I'm 95% sure because the way the season goes, the injuries, et cetera, et cetera, the Marlins will need to call on Ryan Jensen. The interesting part is, will he be starting games at AAA? Will he be worked as a reliever? I guess that will then indicate what kind of role he may play at the big league level. But gut feel is we see Ryan Jensen up in the bullpen, maybe for one of those days where you need a guy to come up and cover one game. I don't know, but we will see Ryan Jensen. And I think a former first-round pick, all of the projectable upsides that that can exist in a in a organization that has a history and a track record of developing pitches, for me, it feels like it could be a fat, fat dub. Guys, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. Uh, And you can make every moment more um, with FanDuel, of course. Um, Guys, I mean, we've talked about this one for a long time now, a long, long time. If you haven't taken this offer up yet, what have you been doing? What have you been doing? But if you are a new customer, you need to get into FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers, and if you are a new customer, please make sure you use this, this offer. You get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So a $5 bet, if your team wins, you get $150 back. Unbelievable offer there from the FanDuel guys. They've got all sorts of different options, and betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. They have it all. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner, Of the NFL. Yeah, you might be able to tell. I'm still not feeling amazing. I'm probably still not looking amazing, but I am plowing through these pods because there has been news. On the field, the Marlins have claimed Ryan Jensen. Off the field, the Marlins have made a front office move. And surprise, surprise, it is a name that needs some pronunciation requirements. Vinesh, Kanthan. I'm going to go with that for now. I'm going to wait to see how it is officially announced. But Vinesh, joins the Marlins. We're going to talk about him after. But I did want to segue into Craig Mish. He's been tweeting a little bit more more actively, I would say, in the past day or two, answering questions, as he does, which he does really well, and we always appreciate Craig for doing that. People asking Craig, what are the Marlins going to do? Are they going to sign any free agents? Is there a big trade happening? And I think Craig's responses align to just where my head has been at with the Marlins in this offseason in general. It's unlikely, in my opinion, there'll be any splashy moves. It's clear that the roster and the whole organization in terms of depth needs work. And with that, there could be trades, and there could be and there is a need to restock the farm in terms of talent. And I'm really intrigued to see the way that happens from Peter Bendix. But you know, Craig, I think summarized it pretty well that <clears throat> they have a roster right now that in theory, can compete, but it has taken a step backwards. It's taking a step backwards because Hoy Soler, they decided not to extend the qualifying offer. They decided not to extend him in general, and also Sandy Alcántara and his injury. So two of the main studs of the Marlins for their roster last year aren't available at this point anyway. Wait to see about Soler, but you know again, Craig indicating the Marlins are unlikely to go down multi-year, um, big guaranteed contracts like Soler, like Abacel Garcia at this point. So they're going to take a step back on that front. Spoke about on one of yesterday's episodes for those that listened in, and the everyday is talking about how there are five guys that could significantly step up and help the organization to take it to the next level in 2024. I can absolutely see that. Centres around Jazz Chisholm Jr. Centres around Ryan Weathers. It centers around Nick Fortes. You know, guys, can they step up and help this club to win more games? I think it's possible. I think it's possible. And I do think that's where the Marlins head is at at this point, is believing in the guys they've got, believing they can get better, believing they can get more out of them. Plug in some gaps with some one-year minor league free agents, some one-year low-risk deals to plug some gaps. Those gaps appear at catcher. They may be appear in the outfield. They may be appear in the bullpen. Maybe in the rotation. But it's going to be, you know, little minor moves that aren't going to blow, blow your socks off with this one. So, but Craig kind of called it out. They can compete, but also recognize the system needs fixing, and that is the main thing. The system does need fixing. It's what is at the core of what the Tampa Bay Rays have done. Right now, Peter Bendix is handcuffed because he wants to set the Marlins up like the Rays, that level of success. And right now, he can't do that because the farm system is not at the adequate level. So they have to make some moves. They can trade players and sign others to fill the spots they trade from, short-term deals to plug holes, compete with some restructuring. Also, um... You know, they're not running it back because Soler and Sandy. So Craig is also calling out that Peter Bendix needs to be given time to assess what he has. Do you remember when Kim Ang came into the organization? At that point, everyone was saying, when are you extending Brian Anderson? And Kim just said, we're going to hit the pause and I'm going to take some time to assess this one. Um, it was the right move. It's the right move, by the way. At that point, the Marlins, you know, they would just extend anyone. And Brian Anderson, it felt like maybe was the only guy possible at that time don't think Peter Bendix will do that. The interesting part, clearly, as we spoke about yesterday, is like what happens with Luis Arias, what happens with uh, Jesus Lazardo, as those guys approach free agency. Do they look to extend them? Do they look to trade them? Frankly, if they're going to restock the farm, they're going to have to trade someone. Um, but I'm not going to labour on that point because I spent a whole episode yesterday covering that. If you want more trade conversations and big time trade chips going out, then listen to yesterday's episode covering both Jesus Lazardo, Luis Arias, Sandy Alcantara, and Josh Bell. As potential big ticket items that can help to re-energize this farm system. But I think Craig and my views align. Does that mean, did I think of them first? Did Craig think of them first? Or are we just independently thinking the same things? I don't know. I don't know. But we know what the Rays model is. Peter Bendix is from the Rays. He's going to look to create the same model that they have in Tampa. Because why would you not? why would you not recreate the same model that has been so successful in a low budget club and unfortunately yeah. the marlins to get to the next level at this point the only way to do that is really to spend money and they're not going to do it that's the point the farm is depleted they have no talent coming through other than a couple of like 18 year old pitchers um, you know victor mesa junior we'll wait to see what impact he can make on the club at some stage in the next year or two but frankly The only way for this club to go to the next level is really to, with with losing Soler and Sandy, is to spend. And they're not going to spend. They are not going to spend. They are pretty much at the budget level uh, already, the roster budget. So, you know, it's going to be a very intriguing situation. And for Peter Bendix, this is a really tough situation because maybe one of his first moves as president of baseball ops for the Marlins will be to move one of the big ticket items. How are fans going to react to that? Not going to react well. Because everyone's going to say, we can't move Lozada, we can't move Arias, we can't move Sandy. But if you're going to actually retool the farm, you're going to have to. And you can't pay them because there's no money to do it. Tricky spot for Peter Benix. Nevertheless, he's got one of his guys in, a former guy in, in Vinesh, Kanthan. 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 Don't know on the pronunciation. Why do the Marlins keep doing this to me? I don't know. I don't know, but they keep doing it. Anyway, Vinesh. Joins, he was with the uh, Texas Rangers for a few seasons, but they did overlap at the Rays. My main takeaway from this one is, bit like Skip Schumacher, you hire the right guy, like the Marlins did with Skip Schumacher, and you then allow Skip to go and and pick his own staff, guys that he has worked with, knows, and knows they can work well. This is exactly the same situation with Peter Bendix hiring Vinesh. They've worked together, they know each other, and he knows the talent. He's been across the Rays and the Rangers, you know, primarily focused on, um, you know, big league level analytics, et cetera, et cetera. So feels like a perfect fit. This is exactly what I want to see from Peter Bendix. I want to see him picking up the phone to the guys that he knows that are talented and getting them into this Marlins organization. Because if you are going to shape this like the Rays, you have to have guys that have been there, seen it and done it and understand exactly how to do that. And this is where it starts. I think we're going to see more and more of this. We've already seen raised players entering the organization. We're now seeing front office guys entering in the organization. And frankly, the Marlins are going to be run exactly like the Rays. Low budget, roster churn, creative approach, heavy analytics. This is the Marlins now, guys. This is it. We're not going to be signing any big ticket free agents. No, it's not going to happen. The payroll actually is too high right now anyway. They probably need to try to trim payroll a touch. You've got some dead money in there, of course. Nevertheless, guys, Tuesday, the twenty eighth of November. Thanks for making Lockdown Marlins, your first listener of the day. I've been Peter Pratt. We've talked about Ryan Jensen. Upside waiver claim, I must say. Really enjoy that one. The numbers haven't been good, but there's two minor league option years that sit there with Ryan Jensen. So the Marlins have time to see if they can squeeze any juice out of Ryan Jensen. Craig Mish is on Twitter and more active, which is great. He's sharing the view that Peter Bendix is going to take a watch in brief. But equally, the realization is kicking in that there isn't going to be any major off-season spending. There may be a trade or two, a blockbuster trade or two. Who knows? But the Marlins, they're not running it back, but they're going to be piecing things together with some low-risk, low-level low, risk, low, um, low level commitment in terms of contract years and money some free agents to plug the gaps. But Peter Bendix has started hiring guys into the organization and the front office that he knows if he is going to make this project successful, this is what he has to do. Appreciate you making Lockdown Marlins your first lesson, guys. I'll be back tomorrow. And I just want to call out that either on tomorrow's episode, and it might be tomorrow, I think it will be, but I will be joined by a recent addition to the Marlins 40-man roster. Victor Mesa Jr. will be joining me on Lockdown Marlins probably tomorrow on Wednesday's episode. We look forward to talking to Victor Mesa Jr. in more detail, looking ahead to the 2024 campaign uh, and what his big league future looks like. So look forward to doing that. and We'll see you soon.